Without uh, any further ado, put your hands together for Brother Rick Roberts. Brother Rick, would you come? Thank you, Pastor. We, uh, we enjoyed being with the teenagers because we are beneficiaries of a Speed the Light vehicle that when we were serving in Albania, and by the way, when we were in Albania, the closest McDonald's was eight-hour drive into Macedonia. And, uh, you know, McDonald's is good, but it's not worth an eight-hour drive across the mountains. Of, um, but, I, in fact, I, I took a picture of the Speed the Light vehicle that we had in Albania. And this is one of the better roads that we drove on. So I'm just going to pass that around. You can, uh, you can see. And uh, the neat thing is that Louisiana bought that for us because we inherited it from uh, uh, the missionary who was there before us, and he was from Louisiana. So thank you, Louisiana, for getting us a, a good vehicle. I'm going to ask my wife to come and greet you for a moment, and I'm going to go to the guitar and sing a mission song for you. Good evening, and thank you for the invitation. I appreciate uh, Pastor Mo and uh, his family, and I just have uh, admired your building. You have a beautiful facility here and a nice youth group. Very, uh, I was just very impressed with them. They were very attentive, and the Lord called me to missions when I was a teenager, so they have a very special place in my heart. But I also heard uh, BGMC mentioned, and I wanted you to know when we served in a Muslim country, you can't go buy a pulpit because they don't make them in Muslim countries. So we took BGMC funds and had one built. So there again, you have blessed us mightily with us. I love the way the Assemblies of God supports their missionaries. Uh, the men provide the, the literature, and the women provide the household furnishings. And the boys and girls provide those type things that we needed uh, for our home. And, and then the youth provided our vehicle. We were actually taking other missionaries from other denominations around in our vehicle because they didn't have provisions like that. So thank you all so much. But um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves. We... Um, pastored in South Carolina for 18 years, and uh, then we went to the mission field at ages 49. And I had been called as a teenager, so that was a happy day for me. I didn't mind walking around streets that had holes in them so big they put car doors in it because I was where the Lord had called me many years before. And you know, uh, when we did not, we had a five-year term in Albania, which by the way, I see our flag up there, and I thank you for the many times you've prayed for Albania, and us, I believe. Um, I never dreamed that I would be happy to switch to another place and leave there. But when we came home after our five-year term, and went to School of Missions. We heard that United States was the third largest mission field in the world behind China and India. And you know, I, I couldn't put my head around that. It didn't make sense to me because I knew there were churches on most corners. Um, but then we went to Philadelphia for a youth service and we sat in an old country buffet and we heard four different languages and four different people groups sitting around us. And I got the picture. They're coming to us. And some people find it hard to believe, but I believe that the Lord is sending some Muslims here because um, there's no other way they could hear the gospel. We would be imprisoned or even killed in some countries for presenting the gospel to them. Here they can come and freely learn. And in Lafayette, where we are, a lot of them are coming from the um, Middle East to learn about the oil industry. So we have in our colleges and in the workplaces lots of Arabic and Muslim people. And the Lord has given us favor 
and I was afraid, to be honest with you, when we came here, because I knew some of them were the militant type. God has taken that fear away, and it replaced it with love and compassion and some understanding. I still have a lot, a lot to learn, but thank you for your prayers, for your missionaries. And we ask you to pray for us. We have prayer cards out there. We'd love for you to take one and let it remind you to pray for us. I don't know why I'm getting choked up, but we also have a book called What Christians Need to Know About Muslims, and it's free. If you're interested, you're welcome to take one with you. But thank you again, Pastor, and God bless all of you. We pray for you, too. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. As my wife mentioned, 
Muslims are coming into this nation, uh, she didn't mention this, at a rate on an average of about 200 a day. And uh, many of them are coming from countries where it is illegal to preach the gospel. We send missionaries into dangerous places all the time. But we realize that many of them are coming here, and we can reach them here, and you can reach them here. Does anybody here know any Muslims? Anybody? If you don't yet, you will sooner or later because they're, they're moving into all of our communities. Uh, Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We are in a war. Amen? You realize that? We are in a great spiritual warfare, and our weapons are not those of this world. Our weapons are spiritual weapons. We, we have the commission to take this gospel to the people of the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I like those words, all and every, because that includes everybody. It includes everywhere. People ask me often, why do you, why do you reach out to Muslims? Because they're lost. I, I get all kinds of responses. Well, aren't they the enemy? No, they're not the enemy. ISIS isn't the enemy. Satan is the enemy. That's where we're fighting the battle. That's who our enemy is. That's what we need to be addressing in the spiritual realm. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers, spiritual forces that we are battling against. Um, we spent uh, 17 years in pastoral, 18 years in pastoral ministry, in, uh, mostly in South Carolina. And uh, some people think, well, you know, at some point you're too old to go to the mission field. We went at age 49. Um, talk about difficult learning a language <laughs> when you've spoken English for 50 years and then all of a sudden you've got to learn another language. That's difficult because I would learn a, lang- uh, learn a word one day and forget it the next day. And uh, it, was, it was very challenging. But you're never too old for God to use. God, God is, like Pastor said, God doesn't put anybody on the shelf. God's not finished with, with any of us until, until we're with him. Um, preach the gospel to all creation. That includes Muslims. I want, I want to tell you this. Uh, many people, and like I said, I get all kinds of reactions. You know, why would you, why would you want to go preach to those terrorists? Well, not all Muslims are terrorists. Um, they're just all lost. And, in fact, uh, I have never been mistreated by any of the Muslims that I associate with. Um, they're just really nice, sincere people who are seeking the wrong God. Okay? Um, I, I, how do we... How do we reach out to Muslims. I, I, I'll tell you what we do. Uh, Patty and I teach English as a second language, and each of us has a, uh, a, um, a Muslim student. Patty's uh, Muslim student, is her name is Sara, and uh, she, she just went to, um, uh, she and her husband just went to back home to Egypt uh, a few days ago for a couple of months to visit with her parents because she had twins uh, while she was our student. 
And uh, in fact, she was my student, and she had the, the babies, and she couldn't make it to class anymore. So I said, Patty, you take Sara as your student, and I'll find somebody else. And so Patty started going to her home. Um, well, Sara and her husband, Kasim, um, they just adopted us into their family. They, they named us the American grandparents to their children. So I have two new grandchildren now, Omar and Kareem. <laughs> but you, you, you don't know how monumental that is that they've invited us into their home. They welcomed us as part of their family. Um, and and we, we have different religions. We have different cultures. We have different backgrounds. You know, we, we know enough to uh, take our shoes off when we go in their house. They say, no, you don't need to do that. Oh, yes, we do need to do that. We know the culture, so we do that. Um, I have a student uh, now. Her name is Safa. Her husband, uh, in fact, I was at the mosque the other day, and I ran into her husband. He says, hey, you remember me? I said, yeah, you're Shaban. You're Safa's husband. And uh, so I've been, I've been teaching Safa. Uh, one of the other things we do is that I, I go to the mosque every Friday to the, to the mosque services. And people say, why do you do that? Well, two reasons why I do that. Number one, when I'm there, Jesus is there. Amen. I, I love the prayer that your youth guy prayed over me. He said, uh, he said, Lord, let your presence be evident when Rick goes into that place. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I want Jesus to show in me. And so when I'm there, Jesus is there. The second reason I go is that I pray every day that God is going to give dreams and visions and, and uh, revelations to these Muslims. And when he does, they're going to know who to come to. Because they know that there's a, there's a follower of Jesus. They all know that I'm a follower of Jesus, but I come to the mosque and I love Muslims. And so if they have questions about Christianity, I'm the, guy, I'm the go-to guy, you know. God has placed us in a very strategic position here. And uh, I am praying that uh, one day Jesus will just show up in that mosque. Can he do that? He can do that. And I want to be there when it happens. Amen. So, so I go to the mosque. What better place to meet Muslims than at their place of worship? But we look for them everywhere. We find them anywhere we can. Um, I, was, I was at the airport uh, a couple of months ago, and um, there was a guy sitting in a van right here, and I, I think he was looking to give somebody a ride. And he says, hey, you need a ride? And I said, no, I'm waiting for my son-in-law. And I said, uh, I looked in the van. I could see he was from the Middle East. So I said, uh, where are you from? He said, Pakistan. I said, what's your name? He said, Bill. I'm thinking, right, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not your real name. And uh, it's probably Muhammad or something like that. But uh, I said, well, Bill, uh, are you a Muslim? He said, yes, I am. I said, well, do you, do you attend the mosque here in town? He said, no, I don't. I said, well, how come you're a Muslim and you don't go to the mosque? He said, well, do you go to the mosque? I said, yeah, I do every Friday. And he kind of backed up, you know, he said, why do you do that? I said, well, see, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I just love Muslims. And he said, well, yeah, yeah, we believe in Jesus too. I said, well, yeah, see, that's the thing. You believe in him, but I know him. Now, that's, that's going to put a, a, it's like somebody said, put a rock in his shoe. You know, he's going to think about that for a while. What, what do he mean he knows him? I was in a doctor's office a couple of years ago, and I saw this man who was obviously, you know, dressed in, in Middle Eastern garb, and I could tell, you know, by, by his look that he was from the Middle East, and I got to talking with him. And I said, hey, uh, let me ask you a question. I said, are you a Muslim? He said, yeah. I said, are you a good Muslim? 
Now, see, there, there's ways, folks, that we can, we can approach people and we can bring things out. And I like to ask questions. I said, are you a good Muslim? He said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, do you read the Quran? He said, yes, I do. I said, do you, um, do you go to the mosque? He said, yes, I do. I said, do you read the Quran? Do you obey all the rules? He said, well, I try to. Then I knew I had him. I said, yeah, man, I, I know what you mean. I said, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I usually tell people I'm a follower of Jesus, not a Christian, because Christianity gives a bad connotation in their minds because they think everything American is Christian. So they hear our music. They see our billboards, our movies and everything. They think that represents Christianity. Yeah, yeah, that hurts. Um, and so what, see, what Muslims really need to see is Christians who really live it. And uh, we have managed to gain respect at the mosque. In fact, uh, about six months ago or so, uh, they, I found out they invited me. They said, uh, hey, listen, we have a potluck dinner on the first Saturday of every month here at the mosque, and we'd like for you and your wife to join us. So first Saturday of every month we go. And in fact, uh, today was the first day of the fasting for Ramadan and uh, what they do, brother, is uh, they have a meal every night at the mosque the rest, for, for a month. So I, I go as often as I can and just sit with them and talk with them. I was sitting there one day, and um, I said, uh, I, no, I was sitting there with a little group of men. And one of them said, well, uh, Rick, uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, I wasn't prepared for that. I said, uh, well, I, uh, I, I teach English as a second language. And, oh, that's good. And I, and I work with immigrants to help them get acclimated into our culture. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. And I said, and, uh, and I teach people about Jesus. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we, believe, we, we respect Jesus. He was a great prophet. And I just kind of left it at that at that moment. Um, but uh, this, this man, you know, he said, uh, the one I was talking to in the doctor's office, he said, yeah, I, I try to obey all the rules. And I said, well, I, I do too, man, but I, 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 I mess up. And he said, yeah, yeah, I do too. And I said, well, see, that's, that's why I'm a Christian, because I have a Savior who paid for all my mess-ups. And, and now he's going to think about that, because of all the things I could tell you about Islam, my, the main issue is that they do not have a Savior. They don't believe that God would manifest himself as a man. They do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God or God manifested in the flesh. They simply believe that he was a great prophet. They do not believe that man is a sinner in his heart. They believe that we're all born good and that we just learn to sin and sin is, is making mistakes and forgetting the rules. And, and so their answer to, to sin is read the Quran more and try to obey the rules more. Now, we all know that doesn't work, does it? Amen? Oh, come on. Don't lie to me. <laughs> We've all tried to be good. We've all tried to be perfect. And it just doesn't work. That's why we need a Savior. And that's my message to the Muslims. That's, that's my message when, when I get the opportunity. So I just told this guy, that's, that's why I'm a, I'm a Christian, because I have a Savior who bails me out when I mess up. Not that I want to mess up. I try to live the best I can. And, and uh, I have frequent discussions with, uh, with the Muslims at the mosque 
Uh, I've met with the imam a couple of times. Uh, the imam is the, uh, the Muslim preacher, you know. And um, so I, I go, and sometimes I even take notes when he preaches because I want to remember what he said. And, and some of it, uh, to be honest, Brother Mo, uh, some of it just infuriates me when I hear it, you know. It's like, how can you say that, you know. And uh, it's just because the theology is so far from what we believe. In fact, Islam is probably the most anti-Christian religion in the world. They, they deny all of the foundational beliefs that we believe. That God, they don't believe God is our father. He's just our master. We're just created to serve. I believe God created us to have somebody to love. And, and I, so I serve a loving father. They serve a demanding judge. Um, they don't believe that Jesus is the, the Savior, the Son of God. They don't believe we need a Savior because it's, it's, not, it's not a heart problem. We know the Bible teaches us that sin is a problem of the heart. All the bad things we do, that's just symptoms of the problem. The problem is that our hearts are messed up. And they don't believe that, so they don't, they don't feel they need a Savior. They just need to, to try harder to get it right. Um, Muhammad even said that... Um, and this is not in the Quran. This is some of Muhammad's other writings. But he said, uh, if you do something bad, just do something good, and that erases the bad thing. Oh, well, isn't that convenient? Uh, my problem is I, I don't know if I've erased enough yet. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ. By the works of the law, no man, no flesh will be justified. We know that that's a hopeless, hopeless endeavor to try to, to be perfect and, and follow all the rules. Even though we, we want to, we have a Savior who bails us out. First John five twelve. he that who does not have the Son does not have life. It's very clear. Jesus is the only way any of us is ever going to get to heaven. There is no other way. You, you try following the law, you're just doing it in your own strength, and that's futile. Only thing we can do is, is receive what God's offered us. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Folks, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be a Christian. I wouldn't be a missionary. I wouldn't be a preacher. I believe that with all my heart. There is no other way we're going to get to heaven. There's no other way anybody's ever going to get to heaven. The problem with Islam is that these people have grown up under this deception. And that's all they know. They, it's so ingrained in them. In fact, part of their confession, uh, the first thing they say at the uh, beginning of the uh, the uh, service at the mosque, and the last thing they say is that uh, I confess that there is no other God but Allah and that Muhammad is his prophet. And part of what they say is that God has no son. And this, this phrase is whispered in the ear of a Muslim when he's born and again when he dies. That is their main theme. I, I, as I said, I was, I was discussing, I have, I've had a couple of meetings with the mom, uh, imam and uh, I was sitting in his office, and the second meeting, we were talking, and, and we've become friends. And uh, so we were talking, and I said, uh, Ahmed, can I ask you a question? And his name is not Ahmed. 
It's not Ahmed, it's Ahmed. <laughs> and he loves it when I pronounce it right. And I said, Ahmed, um, I have a question for you. Yeah, what is it? I said, a couple of weeks ago you were speaking and you said that Christians believe in three gods. He said, yeah. I said, well, I've been a Christian for 45 years and I've never met anybody who believes in three gods. He said, well, that's always been our understanding. I said, I, I'm aware of that, but that, that's, not, that's not really what we believe. And he said, well, what exactly is it then that you do believe about Jesus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, got, I got a bite. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man. So I came up with my best Christological, theological discussion about who Jesus is and just, just went through the whole thing. In fact, I told him, I said, now I know that, that the Muslim, uh, one of your, your chief belief is that God is one. Okay, now I have to explain that because it's not just that there's only one God, but it's that God is one. He's not three, he's one. You know what I found out? The word where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. The same word is used where God said, Therefore man and woman shall be joined together and they shall become one. Same word. Two people becoming one. Um, but they, I, I, said, uh, I said, I know that your doctrine says that God is one. And there is nobody equal to God. He said, That's right. I said, I agree with that. He said, you do? I said, yeah. I don't believe Jesus is equal with God. He said, you don't? I said, no. Jesus is God. He said, how can that be? I said, well, we believe that God loved us so much that he became a man. He, he manifested himself in flesh in the form of Jesus Christ and went to the cross and died for our sins. I said, you're a father. You have children. Wouldn't you die for your children? He said, yeah. I said, that's what we believe about God. And now he's, he's going to have something to think about. The thing is, folks, Jesus died for me, Jesus died for you, and Jesus died for Muslims. And no matter what we think about them, no matter how we feel about them, uh, I'll be honest with you, um, like I said, I've never been mistreated by any of the Muslims I know. Uh, in fact, when I lived in Philadelphia, I used to go over to the mosque. And I, at first, I just, for several years, I just walked around the block, you know, praying. I didn't do it seven times because I didn't want the building to fall down. But um, I, I'd walk around the block, and I'd just pray for Muslims. And um, sometimes I would, I would get on the other side of the four-lane highway where they parked their cars in the mall parking lot, and I would stand there with a bunch of booklets that were about Jesus, and they were written in Arabic and in English because Hey, I got to tell you, a lot of the people that go to the mosque don't even speak Arabic. But they have to do everything. They have to say their prayers in Arabic. They have to uh, quote the Quran in Arabic because they believe Arabic is the heavenly language. But it's, it's kind of confusing to me that you are, you're saying prayers that you don't know what they mean um, because they're in another language that you really don't understand. And, and so anyway, I would, I would give out these booklets in both languages. And uh, one time, I handed one to a guy, and he took it, and he walked off, and he looked at it, and he came back. He says, I don't want this. I said, okay, fine. 
Other times I'd hand them to people and they say, oh, I've already got this one. Do you have any others? Hallelujah. It's working. See, God's going to, God's going to do his work. I, all, I, all I am is a messenger. We can't convert anybody. In fact, it is impossible to lead a Muslim to Jesus. But with God, all things are possible. So I, I am praying every day. God, give them dreams. Give them visions. Bring them to me and let me, let me help them to understand and explain. Um, Jesus said, love your neighbor. Muslims are becoming our neighbors now. And... Uh, uh, we, we see them, uh, like I said, we, we search for them everywhere. Every time I see uh, a little shop that's got a, a name like Bismillah or, you know, something that looks Arabic, I'll stop in and I'll introduce myself and I'll talk to the, to the owners and, and I meet uh, Muslims all the time that way, uh, like in the, in the airport and in the doctor's office. Anytime I see somebody who looks like they might be Arabic, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to strike up a conversation. They appreciate somebody being friendly they appreciate us not judging them and fearing them and assuming that they're, you know, got a pocket full of hand grenades. And uh, so, so we, just, we just reach out and be friendly to them. That's the way we do our ministry. Um, we, uh, sometimes I go to the mall and I just go around, you know, and, and half the, uh, the little uh, kiosks that are selling watches and perfumes and all that stuff, uh, a lot of them are run by Muslims. So I just stop and... and uh, then, then I go to the mosque and I see some of them at the mosque and say, hey, what are you doing here, you know? And we get to talking. And uh, it's just building relationships, building the relationships so God can open that door when he wants to. And I'm praying and I'm asking you to pray with us that God will begin to, to give them dreams and visions. Um, as I said before, 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds. This is a great stronghold because like I've said, they've grown up with this. That's all they know. They, they believe what they've grown up with. I would venture to say that most of the Muslims that I have met are about as Muslim as a lot of the Christians that I've met in America. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of people say they're Christians because they all go to church every once in a while or they know who Jesus is. They know the Christmas story and all of that, but it doesn't mean they're following Jesus. And a lot of these Muslims are not really following Allah or Muhammad. They're just, they're just in name only. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Oh, oh, no, I shouldn't tell this because they might pick up on it. Uh, a lot of the Muslims show up the last five minutes of the meeting because <laughs> if they got there for any of the meeting, they were there. You know, as long as they were there for the, the final prayer, they were there. D- don't try that, please. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give you any bad ideas. Um, the Quran teaches that Allah does not love sinners. The Bible teaches that God loves sinners. And he seeks sinners. I'm so glad that God loves sinners because that was me. Amen. And God, God is love. And God reaches out to people. And he's reaching out to Muslims. He's doing it through us. He's doing it through other people. Um, And and I am so thankful. You know, I, I, I said to the Lord years ago, I said, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. 
If you, if you send me to somewhere like Brazil where the, the, the altars are just filling up with thousands of people, that would be great. But if I go somewhere where I preach and nobody even listens, that's okay as long as you're with me. And God took me up on that. And he sent me to Muslims. And uh, sometimes I don't know if they're hearing or if they're listening or not. But I know that God's given me that, that calling. He's given us an impossible mission. And uh, we, we embrace that because God loves these people. Um, let me just share a couple of things with you uh, uh, about Islam because you, you, you need to know some of these things. Um, many Muslims never read the Quran. Uh, they, they can't understand it anyway because it's, it's in Arabic. And the Quran is not supposed to be translated into any other language. Now, I have an English one laying out there on the table for you to see. But uh, it's not supposed to be translated because they believe that, that Arabic is just a, a magical language. And if, in fact, if they, if they quote the, uh, the, the verses from the Quran in Arabic, it, it's supposed to do something supernatural. So now I've seen a lot of Christians kind of try to use Scripture as magic, and that doesn't work. Um, but that's, that's what happens sometimes. Um, but most Muslims don't read the Quran. They just accept what their teachers tell them. In fact, they, most of them are told that uh, the common man can't understand what the Scripture says, so they have to have the, the experts, the leaders, to explain it to them. Um, I'm glad God gave us the Scriptures that we could read for ourselves. Um, Allah... Muslims believe that they're worshiping the same God that we are. And, and I think they sincerely believe that. But Allah, if you read about Allah, he's not like Jehovah. He's different. He doesn't love sinners. He doesn't manifest himself. He doesn't get involved with his creation. He's, he's aloof. He's distant. Uh, you can't know Allah. You can only know his laws. Um, that, that's sad. Uh, they believe that God is impersonal. He's not a loving father. He's, a, he's an impersonal judge. Um, they believe that Jesus is just a man, a prophet, and a long line of prophets. They believe the Bible has been corrupted, and so you can't really trust it. Even though Muhammad said, follow the Bible, follow the Gospels, because in it you will find light. But, but they believe that since that time... The Bible has been corrupted, and they believe Paul corrupted the gospel and, and made it something that it wasn't. So they, they believe um, that, that it's, it's still a lot like the Judaistic um, following the law kind of thing. Um, they, again, they believe that American society and Christianity are the same thing. They believe the worst sin a person can commit is to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because that's, that's heresy. That's, that's um, blasphemy to them. And they believe, and, and this, this is the thing that hurts me the most, I think. They believe that everything about their lives was written down before they were born. And there's no way to change it. That fate is, is already written down. Your life is already determined. Um, what that means is... That if you're a good person, it's because God made you a good person. If you're a bad person, it's because God made you a bad person. So you really don't have a choice. You can't help it. You just, you just. In fact, I, 
I, I sometimes wonder if they really believe that. But the man I was sitting beside last Friday in the in the mosque, he turned around and he said something about He says, if, if that's the way God wants it, that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, I, I believe God's will is, is going to happen no matter what. But I don't believe that we're puppets and everything has just been written down. And we, we, have, we follow this path and we have no choice in the matter. God says over and over again, the Bible says, choose you this day who you serve. We have choices and we can choose what we believe and who we follow. Again, what Muslims need to see. Is Christianity at work. Christians who are sincerely following what we preach. Doing what we say. Doing what the Bible says. Obeying the scriptures. Because in, in their minds, if you're not obeying the law, you're, you're an infidel. You're reprobate. And so we need to try to live the best Christian life we can and be the best example we can be. That's the best way to minister to Muslims. Just befriend them, get to know them, and live right. And let them see that your light shine in their lives. Um, I'm asking you to do something for me. Will you pray with us? Pray with us every time you think about us. Take one of those prayer cards and pray for us that God will continue to put us in the right places and give us the right words and the right things to say and, and the right attitudes so that these Muslims will, will see in our lives something that they need and pray that God would start giving them dreams and revelations and visions of Jesus. Uh, I have a friend uh, just outside of Cincinnati, Philadelphia, um, who was a Turkish Muslim trained to be an imam and uh one night he woke up and saw jesus standing at the foot of his bed and he became a believer and he preaches jesus christ savior of the world everywhere he goes and and he's a powerful witness for jesus but he had a vision of jesus and i've met several people that have had this experience i believe they can all have this experience but we need to pray amen So please pray for us. Thank you. God bless you.